we'll we are live. Yeah. Welcome to the show. All right. Now all well, my windows let, are closed. Let, let me tell you what I'm drinking then. Uh, yes. I got, I got When Is the Future? Uh, it's a double India pale ale, so a double IPA with Comet Eldorado hops. Um, and, okay, so something about this particular beer. There is a uh, new um, tap house, I guess, that opened up not too far from our town that's opened in the middle of a hop field. And it's a hop farm. Yeah. And uh, they sell only beers that are brewed with their hops. So this one is one that's particularly built brewed with all the hops they grow there. So it's kind of neat. Very cool. Crosby, yeah, hops. Cros Crosby Hop Farms. Nice. Crosby Hop Farms, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've been wanting to make it out to uh, to to their new tap house. I wanted to yeah. check it out and, it's and called, support it, them and whatnot. Yeah, it's called Topwire. Okay. Topwire, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, virus. <laughs> <laughs> yes i know i haven't been drinking out all that much or yeah, at all no i've been there once and it's uh i mean they still require masks and everything like that so they keep mm -hmm. it all safe and it's outdoors which is nice um but it's it's very very picturesque but it's only seasonal so they're only gonna be open uh during the spring and summertime when the hops are growing yeah because once everything's down it's a big dirt field and no one wants to drink in the middle of a big dirt field <laughs> so, <laughs> right <laughs> Yep. All right. Uh, let's give this one a try, and then let's get into some news. Yes. Let's 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 do that. We're already late. I don't even care anymore. Yeah. That is interesting. Yeah. Um. Definitely a a completely different um flavor of IPA than I I think I've ever had before. Um. It's very thick. Very very thick. Very crabby. Um, Maybe a little bit of crab in there. It's not crabby and it's not chunky. Yeah. Um, it is not quite crystal clear, but it's it's got a pretty good uh, mm. pretty good look to it. Um, but it drinks like I don't want to say molasses. It's not quite that thick. Okay, but it's but it, got big thick mouthfeel. But right? it it's got yeah. some chutzpah to it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but the flavor is is very unique. Um, like I. I picture a beer like this being like like a stone IPA. You know how, how big and bold the stone yeah. IPA is? Mm -hmm. This is an IPA that's big and bold in completely different ways. Oh, okay. Um, like flavors I'm not used to. Um, okay. I, I think it's really good. <laughs> yeah, <you laughs> but think? I'm not sure. You just taste the alcohol in it and you're like, I'm fine at this point. This is mm -hmm. this is going to be good. No, this one this one is, is uh, what you expect a good hazy IPA to taste like. Um, it's got those big citrusy flavors. It smells terrific, tastes terrific. Yeah. Um, those like kind of citrusy flavors, orange peel, uh, grapefruit in there, all those good yep. things. This is what this is what this one tastes like. So awesome. I'm enjoying it. This one's nine and a half percent. That's really all I care mm. about right now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. This one's eight percent. Mm -hmm. It's close. Uh, dashboard, welcome aboard, sir. Thank you. All right. Uh, let's get into some news. Where let's. did all my notes go? <laughs> all over the board. Yeah, you got you to reload all your notes. Right. Uh, luckily, Firefox did keep my tab. Or oh, did good. keep all my tabs, so they, they all have to reload. But mm -hmm. um, So, uh, NVIDIA. Let's start with some NVIDIA news. NVIDIA uh, news. 
see, we had our own 30-minute ultimate countdown. NVIDIA was running their, has been running their ultimate countdown. And right now they're on the year 2000. Um, but basically this is a countdown for uh, the NVIDIA Ampere announcement that will be happening on September 1st. Uh, So Ampere being their new graphics card solution. Um, Not much is known about it at this point, although NVIDIA has been, if you've been following the hashtag Ultimate Countdown, there have been a number of really cool things shared, like tech demos circa year 2000, uh, games and, you know, like, what games did you play back then? And uh, what kind of video cards were we running back then? Uh, What kind of video card did you have back in 2000, Steve? Oh God, 2000. So that was, that was the year of the land party for me. Yes. Uh, I was going to say probably 2000. I might've still been either, either was an early, uh, early um, Riva TNT two, maybe. Okay. Probably yeah. maybe. Um, Cause I know it was, it was past the voodoo stage at that point. Uh, <laughs> either that or was, either that was a very, very early NVIDIA GeForce. I can't remember it. 2000. Yeah. This is um, too long. Yeah, 2000, I think I was on a GeForce 2, I okay. want to say. GeForce um, 2, okay, that, that, that might have been me too. I don't know. I, it's been yeah. like, as I know those early ones, it's all a blur. I know somewhere around 2003-ish, I had a uh, an MX440. Um, so uh, that was pretty good. I, I remember gaming, gaming to heck on that. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, and then I think 98, I may have had an original GeForce, an original 8 megabyte GeForce. GeForce, yeah. Um, See, I never, so, I, never, I never had the original I, GeForce. Yeah, I, I had a card in between. I think it was a GeForce yeah. 2. I, I never owned a TNT Riva, and I never yeah. owned uh, a 3DFX. I, oh, I got through that whole stage without ever owning a 3DFX card. Yeah, see, I, I had the original 3DFX, and I had the, I had the Voodoo, and then the Voodoo Two, mm-hmm. and then the Riva Riva TNT came out, came out, and then there was a TNT Two, and then I think I'm pretty sure it was a TNT Two I had for the longest time, and then the G Forces came out, the very first one. I never had an original G Force, but I know I had a G Force Two. Um, so it may have been a G Force Two, might have been a TNT Two, I don't remember. All those things put together. Kind of blurs. Yep. So, anyway, uh, mm-hmm. the the countdown has been pretty cool so far. They've been sharing a lot of nostalgia, especially if you grew up building PCs in that day. Yep. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of fun stuff that they've been sharing. Anyway, the bigger news is actually, what are they going to be announcing? And mm-hmm. there's been leaks after leaks dropping about this. Again, we don't have any concrete information as far as what's going to be announced. It's all speculation as far as what are the names, what are the specs, but we are starting to get some details. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're guessing we're going to get the the RTX 3080 Ti, 3080, and possibly 3070 yep. uh, announced on September 1st. Um, now, the interesting thing is when it comes to the memory on the cards how much memory is going to be there uh they're saying that they're going to be coming in 24 20 and 10 gigabyte variants uh so That's a big. pretty dramatic leap dramatic forward. increase for the for the ram anyway and and it's right. going to be the uh the gddr6x much faster yeah. ram yeah that that's the other thing is uh that that one's 
even more unconfirmed is how much yes. is what type of memory because uh the gddr6 thing has been circulating a little bit but the thing is no one not a single memory manufacturer has been confirmed as to being producing gddr6 as of yet um so unless all of a sudden they're gonna crank out a million and a half chips in three weeks no <laughs> right yeah it seems unlikely uh but you right. know what uh, one can dream right right maybe maybe the the rtx 3080 super ti will will we'll launch it, with yeah. gddr6x in january or something you know because they, they got to keep those skews flowing now yeah they do well i mean that happened with the first rtx they had the normal lineup and then they came up with the supras right at least at least we got nine months out of them <laughs> yeah i mean yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. um anyway uh we talked previously about uh po the possibility of an rtx coprocessor in yep. conjunction with just a straight up cuda core processor uh so getting better bins on the chips making them more affordable because you're not having to bend the entire die you can bend two separate dies and only sell the good rtx chips with the good cuda chips mm -hmm. and uh you get more nvidia gets more bang for their buck that way um and uh, especially with this cooler design with the shroud design that seems very very likely to happen um but as far as what the raw specs are, that is still very much up in the air. Um, if you remember over a year and a half ago on Talking Heads, like March 2019, mm -hmm. I want to say, uh, we had some Ampere leaks and it was rumored to be whatever the cards were. And those specs that we talked about back then don't didn't match the RTX launch specs. And so it's very possible that they were looking at some early Ampere, you know, chip production maybe they ran into problems and decided to launch Turing as kind of a, a middle child kind of makes sense actually when right. when we when we look at the progression of of i mean i'm not saying that the rtx was was okay i am saying the rtx release was kind of a little on the disappointing side compared to the the previous uh chipset so maybe this is this is the the grand leap we're kind of waiting for and the 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 20 series rtx's are Kind of the in-between, just kind of keep NVIDIA mm -hmm. people chomping at the bit, keeping them going. Right. Could be. Well, the, the 2000 series definitely, it did two things. Number one, it extended the bar by how much of a lead they were over AMD. Yes. Um, and it also extended the range that people were willing to pay for graphics cards. <laughs> Disappointing or not, <laughs> prices went yes, up no, and we still right. bought them. You're absolutely right. And I was a sucker for that. I had to do it. I had no choice. My mm -hmm. my 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 main everyday driver PC, the video card that died. And I had to go plunk down about six hundred bucks for a new video card. Yep. That, yep. I mean, I had to do it. Yeah, and a lot of people did. Yeah. Uh and and uh when you're in when you are a hardware enthusiast and you are a gaming enthusiast and uh and you know money is no object well all of a sudden when the prices go up 50 percent, you go eh. Eh. and yeah, and you just drop the money down yeah. now um i did buy a couple a couple of the the newer series cards from nvidia i did end up purchasing a 2060 and i also ended up purchasing a 1660. Mm -hmm. um and uh, this was kind of in the early stages of the RTX release, uh, back when not a lot of manufacturers would talk to me about graphics cards. Um, I'm at a point now where I've got some pretty good relationships going on, um, and uh, and they're actually starting to to talk to me and and uh, you know 
be willing to work with me on some projects, which is kind of cool. But uh, probably the biggest thing for me with these new graphics cards wasn't mm. ray tracing or tensor or anything right, right, that right. came out with them. It was actually the new NV Ink, Ink uh, the new NV Encoder. Yeah. Um, uh, and not only that, but all of a sudden Adobe becoming CUDA aware and yeah. and being able to use your graphics horsepower for rendering even even in the editing phase, let alone yeah. the edit, you know, the, the rendering oh, yeah. boost that you got on the backside of that. That has been huge to my workflow. Yeah. And and we saw that when we went to CES this year, um, that they had mm -hmm. a big demonstration, not just graphic prowess, but what mm -hmm. those CUDA cores can do for other type of workflows. Right. Um, I mean, CAD, editing, all, all kinds of stuff, 3D modeling. Uh, there was big, big boost to it, AI type of stuff. That so they, you know, just utilizing those CUDA cores really, really helped. And I think that was just kind of like the taste of what's to come. And right. I think if these rumors are going to be true with these new, uh, you know, RTX uh, 30 series, that's it's going to be uh, it's going to be pretty pretty big. Maybe yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully, yeah, <laughs> hopefully because um, and and again the 2000 series. They perform well. They really do. But the thing is, for the price points that they launched at and the price points that they continue yeah. to be at today, mm -hmm. still not it's, that, it's not, disappointing seeing where Pascal yeah. was. Yes, exactly. And it's, and how big of a leap forward Pascal yeah. was over Maxwell. Right. No, I know. That, I, had the, I had the 970 mm -hmm. um, for the longest time, and I was super happy with the performance because it was a big leap. Right. Um, and uh, I had that card for, gosh, five years probably yeah it's right about right and, and, yeah i think the it, 970 launched in late 2014 yeah yeah and, and it lasted it was great it was a, a great performer and it lasted well until it until the fans died on the thing so yep. and that's honestly why i had to get a new card so this one does not feel like a huge leap um but we'll, we'll see what this next one is maybe maybe it's the thing we're waiting for yeah could be um the interesting thing with the memory is i saw a spec today that uh, NVIDIA and AMD can increase the, the memory capacity on their graphics cards for as little as $12 per gigabyte. And everyone goes, oh, that's insanely affordable. Like, why aren't they doing yeah. that? Yeah. You realize NVIDIA is tacking on $120 worth of memory to their high-end card right now, right? Yeah. If, oh, yeah. if it's rumored to come out at, at 24 gigs and we're already yes. going, holy crap, a 2080 Ti is, you know, $1,200. Yeah. Or 1700 if you yeah. want the, the, the Zotac, you know. Big old whatever. beefy ones, yeah. Yeah. Um, you realize that's already, like, more than double of what we were paying for, like, 1080 Ti's, right? I, I wouldn't be surprised if their high-end card <laughs> is going to hit the 2000 mark. Uh, I wouldn't I be wouldn't surprised. be shocked if there's a I manufacturer that has a $2,000 card I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if they is, especially if it's, if, I, I mean, look at these specs. If the performance boost is as big as it is, then then I, I think that there's the enthusiast crowd that will be willing to pay that high premium, mm -hmm. two grand price for a, uh, a thirty eighty Ti. I do Probably. agree. Probably. I do agree. There there will yeah. be some out there, yeah. and Nvidia has been treating it less uh, the high end stuff less and less like mainstream and more and more like Halo products. Yes, and when you do that, you entice the 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 bros bros of the world mm -hmm. to go out and spend that money and yep. and because it's a halo product and because they've been treating the 2080 and the 2080 ti as such as of late mm -hmm. you can even include the 2070 super into that conversation yeah. um 
because they've been treating it that way, all of a sudden you have everyone wanting to buy whatever 2000 series card right. and ignoring AMD's offerings entirely. Right. Um, it's it's funny because AMD still hasn't made much headway into you know the Steam analytics and and Steam hardware surveys and whatnot. Yeah. Even though the 5700 XT is a dynamite card. Yeah. Um, and it, for four hundred dollars, it's a dynamite card, and and it's performing at the six hundred dollar level for Nvidia. Mm-hmm. But the 2070 Super is still outselling it. I don't understand. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I know it's the uh, the last Steam survey. I think the 2070 was the highest increase in yeah. uh, uh, of video cards that most people were getting in their home home PCs. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the 1060 and the 2070 so yeah. both saw the biggest increases. Yeah. Um, uh, and what's funny is the back when I did the average video three years ago, the 1050 Ti was the high mark was mm-hmm. was the the most used card as far as average performance levels mm-hmm. um so even if you had you know a, a gtx 680 right. that's still 1050 ti performance yeah. and so you have to judge based on well that card is also seven and a half years old at this point right that's the performance that you have and and that's the performance that people were fine with mm-hmm. and and all of a sudden like i said nvidia made made us pay more and we willingly did it yes no so. you're gonna you're gonna see a rap video coming soon with somebody with big gold chains and then like an nvidia card right yeah, there that's, that's gonna be no medallions it's gonna be an nvidia card now yeah Hanging around i i still want a volta card i so do <laughs> i i so want a volta uh i i know it's i know there's no point i know the 2080 ti is faster I yeah, want that want Volta, the Volta card. Yeah. I still want the Volta. God, that thing was beautiful. The gold oh, yeah. on it. Oh, That's so such good. a beautiful looking card. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, much bling. I, what's funny is in my daily life, I'm not a bling guy. I I, I don't gravitate towards that. But right. that graphic card in particular. Oh, so beautiful. That just, yeah. Something about that spoke to me. Yeah. Well, if you want to make your wife jealous. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, right. baby, but I'm going to take my video card out for a date tonight. <laughs> Got a little hot pink side item here. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Hey, all right. <laughs> By so, the way, uh, Par- Parker so, sent me a, a beer and a video card. So yeah. thank so you, Parker. P- so pink and discreet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeston RX 550. Um, yeah. So uh, uh, you'll see this in a future video. I actually do have yeah. a project in mind for this. And you, uh, should, you should set up a Tinder profile with just that video card. It'd be like si- single pink. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, let's get on to uh, some Intel news here. We've yep. been talking about that for too long. Let's get back into the thing that we've been talking about for even longer, which is Intel's failure to make next-gen chips. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and and even, even when they do go down the nanometer, uh, it's still not that exciting. Yeah. Uh, so Tiger-like CPUs. Um, are supposedly still kind of on the way, even though they've been officially delayed until late 2021. Right. We're getting some some whispers out of the woodwork that uh, there are some new specs, there are some new new SKUs that we can talk about, and uh, uh, supposedly they will have DDR5 memory support at launch, uh, as well as Intel Z or XE GPU cores mm-hmm. baked in. Yeah. Um, so kind of a hybrid APU kind of thing. Uh, not to be confused with Intel's hybrid 
chip, which is the big little design yeah. uh, from ARM. This is a hybrid chip is in like an APU. Um, or we'll see. We'll see how that ends up working. Uh, but anyway, there are some specs here down below. Where are the SKUs at? There they are. Um, and here we can see that they are indeed 10 nanometer cores. Yep. They're 10 nanometer parts. Look at that. Intel is finally shrinking down a little bit. Not not necessarily officially announcing, but kind of saying, hey, we can do a 10 nanometer. Yeah. It's still only a 15 watt TDP mm-hmm. <laughs> for all of them. <laughs> yes, I know. And that's been my complaint all along is, yes, I know you kind of can make a 10 nanometer chip. Your best one, your only one that you've even brought to market was a two core and a four core 10 nanometer chip. Yep. Um, and here we're seeing kind of much of the same, and this isn't going to be out for at least another year. And and it's um, not even that impressive. I mean, right. Uh, I7-1185G7. Number one, what the bloody hell is up with that name? <laughs> That's what I want to know first and foremost. They're going to run out of letters in the alphabet before. They... I7-1185G7. <laughs> I... I don't know. I Yeah. I don't know either. Yeah. Is that is that seven compute units for your graphics? G7? I, that's what I was thinking the G you was have for G3, graphics. G3, G5 and G7 now uh, to go with your i5, i3 and i7? That's what I thought the G stood for was the graphics, but I don't know. Yeah. The I'm assuming the sense. G7 is seven compute units on their their APU, but Probably. figure out another monkier. Yeah. And or add a dash at the end of it. For God's sakes. Don't just slam it at the end of what your your CPU skew is. Yeah. A little I, confusing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Intel's always had a confusing product stack, and now that they're going to make GPUs, they're going to make it even worse. You know they are. Oh, it's going to be it's going to be a mishmash of everything. Anyway, uh, so they've got an i7, three gigahertz base clock, right, uh, <laughs> and a four core eight thread. You realize that AMD already has on the market an 8-core, 16-thread, 35-watt chip at 7 nanometer that runs circles around some of Intel's desktop chips. Yeah, it's it's getting sad at this point. <laughs> right. Yeah, and, and the other SKUs just get sadder from there because yeah. uh, they're still pumping out an i3 with 2 cores and 4 threads, 3 gigahertz base clock, but a 15-watt TDP. Um, and the i3 11115G4 or 1115G4. So apparently that one only has four compute units or four graphics processors or graphics right. cores or. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'd say too little, too late, but they still haven't even delivered it. No, so. and it and it's 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 saying <laughs> mid 2020. Now, what would you consider to be the middle of the year? What month would you consider to be the middle of the year? Uh, we already passed it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We're and in do, the eighth month. Yes, I know. <laughs> There's only 12 months in a year. We're two weeks from Q3. <laughs> I know. I know. So the mid-2020, mm, eh, it's not really quite uh, panning out right. Right. Well, they did a couple of weeks ago say that they were already delaying their 10 nanometer fabs to... Uh, late 2021 and that seven nanometer wouldn't be until 2023 
Yeah. Uh, so they we went over kind of some of those numbers. I believe it was last week. Okay. Um, but uh, and then there's also you know the, there's the whole they're using TSMC for fabs, and so are they going to all of a sudden spin their architecture around? Is this still going to be based on the core you know Nehalem Sandy Bridge Javi Bridge type architecture, or are they coming out with something new? I highly doubt they're coming out with something new no. this quickly because it takes. It takes five years to reinvent it, yes. a process. Oh yeah, the whole the whole fab process takes a long, long time. Very expensive. Very, mm-hmm. very, a lot of R and D going on with it. And we live in the Pacific Northwest. We hear, I mean, we got we got our ears to the ground. Mm-hmm. I have not heard anything about it. There's there's no new factories spinning up. Nope. Uh, usually, when when something big is coming down, there's a big round of hiring of of local people. Have not heard anything about that. There's been no posts. There's no posts. No, no nothing. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it's it's been actually quite stagnant. So I have no idea what Intel's doing. Yeah, I don't think Intel knows what Intel's doing. <laughs> to be quite honest, um, yeah, it's boy, uh, buckle in because this is going to be a long haul for Intel to get yeah, out. It is. Uh, wait, I've I've said this multiple times on the show, but remember, it took AMD five years to hit the reset button on Bulldozer. Yeah. They, they came out with Bulldozer, and it was supposed to be the be-all, end-all, next-gen architecture that was going to bring Intel to its knees. And Intel went, oh, here's Sandy Bridge. Yeah. And and their two core chips were beating AMD's faux core chips. And uh, not four, faux. Yeah. <laughs> faux core chips. Um, and, and AMD's eight core chips with, you know, only only four floating points and and whatnot the the bulldozer architecture the 8150 and later the 8350 um those never performed the way that amd had hoped they would actually perform Mm -hmm. um and they didn't even have like tasks that they were good at either it wasn't like well we beat intel over here no you still didn't yeah um and amd realized that after they came out with was it pile driver uh in 2012 that they went this isn't going to work this mm-hmm. whole process, this whole architecture is doomed. It, we can't do anything more with it. And to AMD's credit, they stopped trying. Yeah. They, they, they said, we see the writing on the wall. This architecture is not panning out to what we thought it was going to be. And it certainly doesn't have anything in the future. Yeah. They stopped production on chips for five yeah. years. And they took a beating on that. And then they within did. that five years, they took a big beating. But look at how much, what a better better position they're in right now that they stayed semi relevant in, in yeah. graphics remember that they had a couple really good years for graphics they, they did. had they uh, did. uh mixed into there they had the the 798 or the 7970 series come out mm-hmm. which was a, mm-hmm. a world beater um the the r9 290 was a yep. was a hell of a card at the time mm-hmm. um and and even their mid-tier graphics you know into polaris the rx 570 yeah. 580 4, 470 480 those were phenomenal graphics cards and, yeah. and great you know, budget to mid-tier offerings for, oh, for yeah. AMD. Um, but it took them from 2012, late 2012 to early 2017. So four and a half years to hit the reset button and then come back out with a chip that had the potential to grow in the future. Yeah, And that's what Intel is going to have to go through. It's going to be a long four years for Intel. It is. It and is. I say and four years because Intel has a lot more resources, a lot more money, and a lot more researchers than, than AMD could ever dream of. They can throw a bunch of money on it, and they can crank something out if they want to, but it's going to mm-hmm. be a painful four years, especially it's, for people who are investing in Intel. Right. It's still going to be three and a half to four years before yeah. you hear an announcement yeah. of a next-generation architecture 
that and, yeah and it's gonna hurt moved on from yeah. the core series A- amd is already starting to take over on the server side of things mm-hmm. uh, uh mac already ditched intel they're going arm mm-hmm. yep they're gonna be hurting for the next four years so they really have to start cranking stuff out right yep uh are you agreeing with me in chat i don't know I, I had my window full screen so I could read it without looking weird. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy Intel. Yeah. Intel might just pull. <laughs> you guys are great. <laughs> G7, named after an airplane. Intel marketing is trash. No, Intel naming is trash. Yeah. Their marketing's actually pretty darn good. Oh great. Someone screenshotted my uh my Yeston. <laughs> They already they already made it a uh, already uh, made it an emoji an emoji yeah. <laughs> you bastards <laughs> oh that's great I feel like we're running really really behind but I'm like oh we're only 35 minutes into the show we've gotten through the two big stories okay well, yeah. cool we're doing well we're doing good we're doing pretty good actually I mean right. maybe maybe the half hour delay is kind of helping us because it was kind of a light week anyway so it was yeah. hey you know what that's fine we're doing good we are. All right, a uh, little bit of Microsoft hardware news. Yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah. Um, so Microsoft has officially announced that the all-new Microsoft Courier, I mean, Microsoft Surface Duo. Duo, yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, will be out on, what is it, September 12th? Yeah, it's coming soon. Yeah. A sexy little bit of kit there. Uh, it's, it's Microsoft's first foray into a Android based operating system device surface surface branded, but, uh, Android operating system and dual screen as well. Yeah. But, uh, did you see that price point there? I did. I did indeed. And remember how I said NVIDIA was, uh, kind of testing the marketplace and seeing how much people would be willing to pay for an expensive device. I think this well, is so did Apple and Sam. It. Well, so did <laughs> Apple and Samsung in the last couple of years. Remember when yeah. an iPhone top of the line was like six hundred and fifty bucks, oh, yeah. and oh, now yeah. it's like thirteen hundred and fifty bucks. Yes, because they found out people were willing to pay that much money. Well, okay. Here's the thing: is like <laughs> big phones and tablets have replaced desktops. I mean, for for your common user, right? Yeah. Your your grandma doesn't use the desktop anymore. Grandma uses the phone and, and tablet, right? So does moms and whatever. Because all they use is they browse Facebook and they look at recipes and that's about it. Yep. Right? So the market realized this. And so if you want the top-end device, then that's what it's going to be. It's going to be mobile or it's going to be tablet. Right? And I think this is what Microsoft's going for. In this particular thing, they're trying to bleed the edge between the two. It's like, I I don't know if this is going to really work out for them in this particular space. Hot take. Yeah, go for I it. I cannot see this device succeeding. Mm-hmm. I cannot see it succeeding. I, 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 I agree with you. For a number of different reasons. I, I agree with you. I am optimistic about some of the tech that they're putting in there. Uh, but as as that price point and it just being Microsoft and the Surface and what it's offering, I don't see it taking off really. Right. Um, number one, they overestimate how wide people's pockets are. Let's start with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, because it's still a fairly large device, even when folded. Yeah. Um, I, for one, never carried around the Palm Pilot keyboard with me. Yeah. I can't 
imagine I'm going to carry this in my back pocket either. I honestly think that Microsoft thought that overalls were going to make a comeback so that people would have and that big, little front big pocket. pocket. Yeah, I think yeah. they thought that was going to happen. They're like, hey, you know, the, the Surface Duo would fit great in your fashionable overalls. Uh, but it never took off, so... Mm-hmm. Now, whatever. But they're trying to merge tablet and phone. Yes. They're, they're And laptop. They're also bending some they're, laptop they're, they're tech doing, into this yeah, as well. Yeah, they are. They are, yes. Um, here's the problem, is you compromise all three. Uh, and Microsoft it, has always done this stuff. They've always yes. done this thing. With Windows 8, when they first came out, they're like, let's make an operating system that will work on tablets, but it'll also work on desktops. They, and they did that even back with NT. Yeah. You go far back. They take all these things like, well, why Remember don't we have Windows, this? Windows for pen computing? Yes, yes. It, they, I they, had one of those <laughs> machines. They always like produce these things and like somebody somewhere in Microsoft's like, well, wouldn't it be great if we combined all of them together in one? And they're like... <laughs> right. It is never ever worked out for them. What's no. the last combo product that you can think of that worked out? Maybe a VHS DVD player in one? I was just going to say a VHS TV combo was That's probably the best. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. That That's probably... about it. Yeah. Um, because here's the thing. As a laptop, it's too damn small and you mm -hmm. don't get any feedback from the keyboard. So it's going to be difficult to type on. Yes. Yeah. As a phone, it's too damn big. big. I can't put it in my pocket. It's difficult right. to carry with. What's right. the battery life going to be like on the screens? How durable yeah. is the hinge? Uh, how good is the camera? Can mm -hmm. I can I use it comfortably one-handed? Yeah. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, as a tablet, it's going to suck as a tablet. Yeah, because it's going to feel flimsy in the middle. Yeah, the in the middle. A, yeah. There's a bezel in the middle. You, you, I can't, you can't, you media can't use a full it. screen video. Yeah, exactly. Where does this sit? Yeah, it's, I know. It's, it could be a technical marvel, but usability is going to be terrible or non-existent yeah. mm -hmm. um, with all existing paradigms. Now, if Microsoft manages to find a new paradigm in which people are willing to use this on, it's got a shot. Yeah. But Microsoft has to find that paradigm and they're famously not good at that. No, uh, they're, they're, they're famously for like just taking whatever and throwing it at the wall and seeing what sticks. Right. And half the time it doesn't stick. Right. So I think that's what this is. I, I mean, I, I see some interesting ideas in here, but as an overall product, I don't see it succeeding at all. I, I, it just, especially at that price point. Um, $1,400. Yeah. Starting. I can see some people adopting it and loving it just because they spent so much money. They're going to be like, I love it because I spent so much money on it. That's what some people are. But I don't, I, I, I'm with you. I, I don't see a real practical purpose for what this is. It's, I don't. It's, it's too big for a cell phone, too small for a tablet. Uh, uh, yeah, when you're consuming media, it's not, you're going to be frustrated because you can't use it full screen. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, the hinge thing for being a dual screen, okay, that's better than the folding thing because you, they kind of got away from the crease, right? Uh, 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 you know, problem. That's good, I guess. Um, but the rest of it, not not that exciting for the price point. Not really no. that exciting. No, it it's two iPads glued together. Mm -hmm. it, and and who wants that? Who asked for this product? <laughs> I don't I, I'm <laughs> I'm looking at I'm looking at my IT brethren. I'm yeah. looking at industries that I worked at. I'm looking at yeah. enterprise. I'm looking at mobility. I'm looking at yeah. a bunch of different enterprises. I can't fathom a single person 
other than the this? guy, other than the person, other than the one guy in the office who goes, "Oh, I've got to look have what that I got, I got, I got look, yeah. look how cool it looks." Yeah, you know that guy. Um, <laughs> okay, did you? Did I can't you imagine anyone else genuinely going, "I have a use case that fits yeah. this device." Did you ever watch? Um... Uh, Flight of the Concords. Remember Flight of the Concords? Yes. Okay, so they had that one episode where he like got him a gift, and he literally took like a Nokia cell phone and and glued it to a camera. He's like, "Oh look, I got you a, a camera phone for your birthday." <laughs> He's like, That's what this is. It's like there's um, two things that glue them together. Here you go. <laughs> I don't know if you saw. It was floating around. I think on Reddit earlier today, and. Uh, uh, someone said the strongest device in the universe and they had the old Nokia brick phone mm-hmm, sitting mm-hmm, on there. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they kind of did like a hydraulic press thing with it. Oh, yeah. But the head of the hydraulic press was made of clay and so it deformed, around, <laughs> <laughs> it deformed around the phone. <laughs> but it was That's an great. actual hydraulic press and the, yeah. they had like painted the clay to, it was to make great. it look, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, the good old Nokia putting in some the the cell phone's ringing while it's on the table and the mm-hmm. press is going <laughs> <laughs> it was wonderful um but yeah i i, I don't want to harp on this device without seeing it and, and seeing it firsthand but it's going to be thicker than we all think it's it's yeah. it's going to be heavier than we all think it's going to be more awkward than we all think yeah um and who is this for i don't know I mean, if they were to give me one for free, yeah, I'll take it and play with it. But right, I, I, it looks cumbersome. It doesn't look like because it's at, when I first saw this thing, it's like, oh, it's going to be a tablet, right? No, it's a phone. No, it's a phone. And I'm like, I, yeah. uh, I don't know, because it, yeah. it looks, it looks even because it's supposed to fold back. Yeah. So you can fold it back, so you can have one side to be. So like I have a, a double phone. thick smartphone with an right, odd aspect right. ratio now. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's a, and like, it looks it looks bigger than a Note, like the the old Samsung Note. Right. So yeah, I don't know what it's for. I, I honestly don't. The no. the one device that really intrigued me in the last year, as far as cell phones go was the rebirth of the Motorola Razor, but not at $2,000. No, no, not at $2,000. This looks like a bargain for, <laughs> for what the right. Razor was. Yeah. Right. But but that's the only device that I went, they're going for the original reason it sold. Yes. They're, they're, they're trying to target the slim, long battery life, yeah. Um, one of the first mainstream camera phones, mm-hmm. um, and and trying to go after the main aspects of why was that device successful? Yeah. Meanwhile, Microsoft's over here with the Surface Duo, going, well, tablets are successful and laptops are successful, and we know phones are successful, although we've never made a successful phone before. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, well, let's like just our... put all three of them together and exactly. hope that yeah. we can sell these people one device for fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah. It's never worked, and it's not the, going to work. That, yeah, Microsoft is the king of like, let's just take all these things and mash them together and see what works. And most of the time, it does not work. It's how you get Windows 8. It's how you get <laughs> Windows Me. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, coming to a, a discount bargain bin near you. <laughs> surface i'll buy it for 300 bucks to try oh yeah i mean heck yeah someone's gonna sell but it for not for 14 cheap. no absolutely not i mean we'll see i guess the pre-orders are coming out uh when did they say that you can pre-order it boo, boo, boo. Uh, september 10th I think, yeah september 10th it's shipping on the 12th 
Yeah. Um, and uh, so you can get it at retail stores. <laughs> retail stores. Microsoft closed the retail stores. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't predict big things about it. I, I honestly no. don't. It, just looking at the pictures of how people are holding it, it looks super awkward. Super and awkward. It, and if people listen to IT people, the Microsoft Surface would have been bombed off the planet already. Yeah. Oh well. Because it they they market it to enterprise people, and it is the exact opposite of what you want in an enterprise device. I, I'm I'm starting to kind of feel bad about the Microsoft uh, hardware side of things. I mean, if it wasn't for the Xbox, I don't know. That's a different division. <laughs> Gaming is a different oh, no, division. I, I understand that, but I mean, they they still have a hardware line. Right. Right. Uh, and the only thing that's been successful hardware-wise are like the consoles and the controllers. Uh, that's about it. Yeah. I can't think of any hardware that Microsoft put out that's been like wildly successful. Not their phones, not not anything. Yep. No. Uh, the Wave keyboard, the original Ergo, Ergo keyboard. Was that Microsoft to put that That was out? Microsoft. I don't know. Was that an original concept by them, or was that it was an original the... concept by them? Oh, okay, those the, the were Ergo fairly... keyboard was an original concept, and they those started were... that whole trend, and they're those still one popular. of the biggest sellers of that. Okay, they're, those are still those um, are fairly popular. They don't release those anymore, though. They, there's nobody that. Oh no, they Microsoft still makes them. They make Surface they? Edition versions of the Ergo keyboard that oh, are wireless they? and have the same aesthetics as the Microsoft Surface. Yeah, I absolutely. Mean, I, I guess I'd, I've never followed it because I never got behind it. I couldn't care less. Right. Honestly, I know some people loved it. Uh, working in an office, I, there was there was always like two or three people like I gotta have that keyboard. I gotta have that keyboard. Right. Um, but, I had one for a number of years. Yeah. Um, I. It was okay. It was it was an okay keyboard. Yeah. Um, it was definitely uh, someone, comfortable. Someone's saying Azure in the in the uh, um, the Zoom the Zoom. I guess in chat they were saying Zoom. Zoom. Yeah. There were some people who loved the Zoom. Mm, I know. Uh, yeah, Azure is a cloud service. Uh, no, Zoom. Zoom was. Um, there's some people who loved it, I guess, yeah. and it's. And I think it's got a, a little bit of a cult following even to this day. Uh, but I, I can't say it's a success though. It it was there and it was gone. So yeah. All right, and everyone's clamoring for my custom emoji. So here it is. Good God, I hate you all. <laughs> there it is. You got to put it on there now. Someone did all the hard work for you, so you just got to copy and paste. Yep, I think that's it. Not yeah. too big. It's got to. It's got to be two fifty six or less. Two fifty six less. Yeah, I can. I can do this. Uh, yeah, I'm photoshopping live. Here we go. Uh, anyway, <laughs> let's let's move on. Yeah. Uh, speaking of copying and pasting. Speaking of uh, things that have never worked before. Yeah. <laughs> so, How about reinventing uh, something that always works? Yes. Are, are Microsoft finally catching up with what everybody already implemented? Um, so Windows 10, the next update coming up with Windows 10 is uh, reinventing the copy and pasting in, in Windows 10. So like most people have on their modern phones or even in modern applications, there's a way to implement into chat GIFs and, well, if Jeff wants to say it, GIFs. Um, emojis. Don't you start with me, Steve. <laughs> we don't want to get into that right now. <laughs> so putting it just integrated within the chat. 
So the next update with Windows 10 is supposed to be able to integrate that into the new clipboard. So there's going to be a new clipboard within Windows 10 that if you do a, not a control V, but we even talked about this, not a control V, they're not replacing control V. They're putting a Windows V in there, which should pop open a window that will allow you to insert emojis, insert GIFs, and insert various other things that you want to uh, in your pasting feature. Yep. And then just about any kind of application that Windows supports. So just like, you know, your Android keyboard, like uh, the more modern Android keyboards and stuff like that, and probably Macs, I don't, I don't know, I don't use Apple phones. The ones that offer animated GIFs? Yes, exactly. <laughs> that you just type in there and say, hey, there's a GIF. Windows is offering that now. So that's going to be coming up into the next uh, release of Windows 10. So they're finally catching up with everybody else into the operating system. And the, I, I mean, to be honest, most things that we chat on, which is like Discord, they already have that feature integrated. People yeah. who chat in like Facebook, that's already integrated. Most chat things, Twitter, all those things, they already have all this stuff integrated into it. Yes. In fact, I think even Teams, which is a Microsoft product, already has that integrated. Right. So this kind of feels to me like they're putting a hat on a hat. Yes, I it don't really understand. I, I don't understand um, why. Well, they're uh, merging their desktop with the with the tablet paradigm because you know the surface. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, they, yeah, they're putting they're putting a tablet on a tablet, so they might as well put a hat on a hat, right? Right. They might as well. So I mean, it's kind of interesting, but it seems like too little, too late, because everybody's already integrated that into just about everything else already. Right. And does it have to be? Does the program you're using that feature in have to be compatible with said feature? I think it would have to be at certain points because, I mean, certain things... Is this an API that has to be included? Because throwing a GIF in is typically just pasting the link to the GIF, and then the program goes, oh, you pasted a link to a GIF. GIF. I'm just going to put I'm gonna the GIF. And it goes, I'm going to display it. Yeah. Mostly <laughs> um, so but yeah i i mean yeah. you paste uh you paste the gif into discord and it only yeah. displays the gif yeah. it doesn't display yeah. the link right yeah um so i think that's probably what it is yeah so that and that's and that's to be fair that's probably what they're going to do if there's like if you if you use this on like windows notepad that's what it's going to do it's probably going to put the url on there um to where it's at because obviously default notepad doesn't support it or doesn't I, I don't know what's going to do with emojis it'll probably do like some shorthand whatever but the fact that they're finally integrating into windows is uh you know kind of newsworthy i guess i i, I guess yeah. um if we can get like clipboard history integrated into windows you I'd know, be so happy. Looking looking at the shortcuts that they have on this on this thing, it looks right. like one of the icons does have a clipboard history. There's a clipboard icon right there, and that makes me really hopeful. Yes. Uh, and there's another thing that looks like a calculator, which that it kind of confuses me. I, I don't know who wants to do calculations on a clipboard. Right. I'm not too sure. <laughs> Uh, they they have emojis, uh, gifs, something else. I, I I don't know. There's a few things, but the, the the last one, which is a clipboard history, that's probably the most useful thing right there. Yeah. And the fact that the fact that they put it, the fact that they put it the last icon, 
right. means that they, they have the least faith in it. <laughs> it's like an afterthought. It's like, no, that should be the first thing. It should be the That's, first thing. It should be the first thing. Right. Everybody wants clipboard history. That's what everybody wants. Yeah. <laughs> I copied and pasted this thing like uh, about an hour ago. Is it still there? Oh, there it is. Yeah, there we go. I want that. Everybody wants that. Yeah. Uh I've never found myself this this is why I said the Apple touch bar would fail. Mm -hmm. I've never found myself needing a hot button for an emoji. Yeah, and neither never. I. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Never a dedicated button to insert a GIF here. Uh I've never wanted a a touch interface for scrubbing through a timeline in Premiere. Yeah. What's the point of this feature? Who's going to use it? What are you going to use it for? I'm I'm talking I'm saying the same thing with this feature with with the new clipboard you know Windows V. Um, mm. Who's going to use this? Yeah, well, it looks like uh, people are saying this clipboard history is already there, but you have to turn it on. Right. Which I do remember hearing about that, um, but it's not. I don't think it's integrated in the shortcut. Right. Yeah. I don't think it's integrated into the shortcut. I think that's what they're doing here is integrating it into the shortcut. Oh, yeah, I have multiple items in clipboard. Press the Windows logo key V. So, yes. So this this is an extension of that. So that kind of makes sense why they put the, the, the history at the very end because they already implemented it. And now they're adding more on top of it. Yeah. That's what it looks like. All right. Well, that's good to know. All right, then. Yep. Yeah, we're being uh, thoroughly corrected in the Discord. Yeah, that's fine. So. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, moving right along. All right. Out of the tech news, into the beer news. Into the beer news. Finally getting into the good stuff. Yeah. And and I don't say that lightly because there's one time of year that I hold most dear. Of course. And that is and that is Goose Island Bourbon County Stout release mm -hmm, time. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I mean, even though. Goose Island is still technically. The hills are alive. <laughs> they're still technically corporate beer, but the Bourbon County release stuff is uh, great. It's always great. Yep. I think I still have like two bottles of Bourbon County from last year that I'm still holding on to. I I have a 2017 proprietor. Still. Yeah. This is these yeah. are these are the beers that you can enjoy right away, and you can also age for yes. the most part. Um. And for this, those not familiar with the Bourbon County Stout, it is an annual series of beers put out by Goose Island Brewing, um, which is an InBev subsidiary. But the the Goose Island Bourbon County Stout and Goose Island themselves still run fairly autonomously from yeah. InBev. Um, they do make their their standard IPA and Pilsners and things like that, yeah. and they do send those out. And you can find those pretty much nationwide. But they also still be, get to be creative, and they also get to be creative, and then also get nationwide distribution. Kind of like Ten Barrel in Oregon is also another yeah. one that a bunch of people got angry. Oh, you sold out! They still make great beer, they and they still make good beer. Yeah. What is their winter ale? Um, pray for snow. Yeah, pray for snow. Yeah, pray for snow. Yeah, that is one of my favorite seasonal beers. Yeah, no, I just had a friend who's a very very big beer guy. He went down to Ben, went camping. Uh, he said his favorite beer place to go down and Ben was 10 barrel 10 barrel it, it's yeah, amazing and, I, yeah. I, I either go to Deschutes or I go to 10 barrel yeah um but so as long as you're making good beer and you're making it in a craft style I don't care if you produce a million barrels or 500 barrels uh, 
as as long as you're true to the craft, you're fine with me. Um, it the problem is when you get into the Budweisers and the Coors and whatnot, and they go, "Oh, we make a great Pilsner." No, you use eighty five percent rice as your as your grain yeah, bill to right, save exactly. money, so it's cheap to produce. That's not thinking about the craft or the flavor. That's yeah. how much ABV can we cram into a can and still sell it as a light beer. Those are two very different concepts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so making a good beer versus making a widely available, profitable beer are two very different things. Very different things, yeah. But this is this is the Bourbon County lineup. And every year they do something different. Um, and they have a wide variety of flavors, and they just announced the flavors that they're putting out. Uh, and some of them, we talked about this a little bit before the show started, but before we ran into all those wonderful problems uh (laughs) and a lot of them sound very very interesting the first one we got is uh kentucky fog stout yep so so they always come out with their traditional just bourbon Bourbon county stout yeah um which is a bourbon barrel aged stout it's usually in the neighborhood of about 13 to 15 percent um and it is uh usually a very very good one uh this year is aged for one year in Heaven Hill, Wild Turkey, and Buffalo Trace Barrels. Oh, it's going to be great. So I'm I'm looking forward to this year's. Yes, me too. Uh, But yeah, the Kentucky Fog, this is going to be an interesting one. It is is brewed with a mix of Earl Grey and black tea um, and includes uh, uh, honey in it as well. Yeah, so it's going to have like a sweet tea flavor to it. Yeah. So it's going to be like a a Picard beer, basically. Uh, and and I <laughs> I want one of these. Yes, I, I want know. five of these. I I actually like. I mean, not not because I mean I'm a big Star Trek fan too, but I like Earl Grey as a tea, just because I like Earl Grey as a tea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it complements. I think it would complement a bourbon barrel aged beer quite well. Actually, I I fully agree. Um, I started drinking. Earl Grey because, oh, Picard drinks Earl Grey. I might as well I, give it a shot. And I found out he has really good taste. Yeah, it's actually really good. I do like Earl Grey. I liked it before, but I, I still like it now. It's fine. Right. It's, good, it's a good, it's good. It's my go-to tea, actually. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm usually a black tea. That's that's my everyday tea. Yes, but. I like tea. Well, black tea's got the caffeine in it, so you, you want to go with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, the, the Kentucky fog is going to be a tea blend, uh, still with their traditional bourbon barrel aged stout. Mm -hmm. Um, they have the special number four stout, uh, which is the, uh, they usually do a, they usually do a coffee variant and they're not quite calling this a coffee variant. Uh, cause this one, I guess will be a a little bit fruitier, but more of like a breakfast coffee. Yeah. Maple kind of thing stout. Yeah. So it looks like it looks like a coffee blend with with maple syrup. Yeah. Yeah, coffee, maple and vanilla. Yeah. Uh there's the County Caramella Ale, which mm-hmm. this one also sounds delicious. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, uh, uh bourbon barrels with apple, cinnamon and caramel flavors. Uh, profile which resemble apple crisps, uh, notes of caramel, red apple, and cinnamon. So it sounds like a dessert. It sounds yes. like <laughs> it sounds wonderful. It's, it's an apple pie stout. Yes, exactly. Which I've had. I've had some like apple cinnamon stouts before. Yeah. Um, but not bourbon barrel age. So this one sounds pretty good. Uh, 
And then we got uh, this one. This one was actually the one that I kind of found the most interesting, and I kind of want to try. It's called the Proprietors. Oh, the, new, the new Proprietor Stout. Proprietor yeah. Stout, which if anybody has ever been to an Italian restaurant and know what Spumoni is, it is a Spumoni-inspired uh, bourbon barrel stout with pistachio, cherry, and chocolate. And in fact, uh, John just brought over, because uh, my brother's in town, mm-hmm. and uh, we've been... Uh, um, I've been having many hangovers uh, because of it. <laughs> As usually happens when Mike shows up. <laughs> yep, exactly. Uh, so, uh, but John brought over a pistachio cream ale, and it was Ooh. it was really good. It was yeah. delicious, and I could taste the pistachio in it. So I am excited for this one because if they can get the flavor balance right, I the, think it would the be pistachio and the cherry pistachio cherry and, and chocolate. Yeah get yep. those three to balance with the stout i think it would be an excellent excellent beer if anybody can do it it could be goose island yep um yeah so the proprietor stout is usually their fruit blend uh yes. so the one that i have is a blueberry and blackberry blend Ooh. and i've been waiting to try this one it's the 2017 proprietors is the one yeah. that i have in my fridge right now okay so yeah i want to try the spumoni one that sounds great yeah and then they have the birthday Burby, bourbon county stout yeah this Which, one has me raising an eyebrow. Yeah, I don't know if this one's going to be good or not. Uh, it sounds interesting. So it says it's coupled with light maple, caramel cake, and white floral notes. And I'm not too sure what that means. Right. Um, maybe they're going for like birthday cake flavor, I'm guessing, because they call it birthday bourbon. Um who knows? I mean, it could be okay. It's probably going to be like super sweet. That's that's going to be my prediction. Yeah. So I asked I asked Skull how much for uh, for two cases shipped, and he says uh, <laughs> might be cheaper for a plane ticket back. So I told him he could sleep on my couch. Done. Yeah. <laughs> Done. Be there. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So yeah, the the birthday Bourbon County Stout, birthday cake inspired. Yes, I think so. That's my um, that's my thought. It's going to be anyway. Yeah. It's maple chocolate vanilla. Then there's the anniversary, which yeah. also sounds kind of kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh they're saying like um what we got like expect notes of dried fruit, bourbon, chocolate and vanilla in what will most likely be the strongest beer in this lineup. Yeah. Did you catch that line? So I'm uh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm guessing it's going to be the higher ABV of all of them. They usually uh, come out with one that pushes like 15. Yeah, I think that this is going to be the one. This is going to be the big, uh, most expensive one. Yeah. With a big, big flavor profile and big, big ABV. Yep. Which probably is going to be good nonetheless. I, I need to get them to send me out a sampler pack. I really do. Yeah, I, I mean, as much as we talk about the Bourbon County stuff whenever it came, comes out. Yeah. Uh, especially John. I mean, John, you got you to gotta start pushing this stuff too. We can get some sponsors. Come on, we get some sponsors. I, I need to get more beer sponsors. Yeah. Um, so I've I, I've received free beer from a couple different companies before. Uh, Rogue is probably the biggest one. They've sent me out a couple different yeah. uh, different packs, different cases, yeah. and I've also done a giveaway for them. Um, but uh, I need to get some more beer sponsors on the show because, we, quite honestly, my beer budget can't sustain <laughs> my full time career. Not, not 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 with the not with this Bourbon County stuff. Uh, right. We we got we got with me and John and my brother Mike inadvertently got a uh distiller sponsor 
inadvertently. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my brother, he lives down in Southern California, and uh, I guess he knew somebody who knew somebody who was – Orange County had just released uh, – a dis- they just opened a distillery, and they sent him up with uh, three bottles and some stuff, they, a bourbon, uh, a gin, and an aquavit, which I had never had before. You never uh, had an aquavit before? Never had an aquavit before. <laughs> uh, it was a bit of a shock. How was that? <laughs> well, I was looking at the ingredients and I'm like, there's dill in this? It's like, oh my God, another thing with dill in it? Um, yep. I, I, I struggled to find what I can have with the aquavit, but it was still a fun, fun video. Uh, John just posted it uh, yesterday. So anybody here listening, go to Hops and Brews and uh, check out the video with me, my brother Mike, and John, and we review those uh, those three liquors, which was yeah, monster. All right, um, you know, all right. Either means take a shot, or we're moving on to the next story. We're moving on to the next story, and are you done with your beer yet? Uh, I'm literally taking the last. I'm like, I'm taking way. the last week too here. We should probably open the next one. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right. So that was really next... good. That I, I I'm gonna give a, a real quick review on this one. So again, uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Kettle Beer Works Krabby Louie. Mm-hmm. Um, that was solid. Yeah. It, it it was an IPA that is not a traditional North you know, Northwest West coast, um, IPA. It's not a hazy, it's not a juicy. Yeah. Um, you seem kind of mixed was, on the whole thing. Yeah. I, I, this was solid. I, I really thoroughly enjoyed this entire thing. Um, I, I, I like the non-traditional styles of beer that kind of surprise you and, and you still enjoy. Yeah. I've had a few that were non-traditional. And I absolutely hated, mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's some that I've had that I actually really enjoyed. So I'm glad that, you actually enjoyed that one. Yeah. Um, the, the hop, the hop mix in here is something that I'm not used to. Yeah. Uh, for, for sure. Um, it reminds me a little bit of the Sierra Nevada with, uh, what do they use? The Chinook and, and, uh, and Amarillo hops. Yeah. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Um, it reminded me somewhat of that, but there's also something else in this beer mm-hmm. that, that just, it gives it this little sweetness, mm. um, and and you're kind of left with. Uh, it it could be the additional malt profile because if it's a higher ABV, yeah, they could have a particular specialty malt, maybe like a crystal malt or maybe a honey mm. malt, that gives us this extra schmalty, malty sweetness to it. Yeah. Um, that tends to work out really well with some IPAs. Um, yeah, they don't say what what hops or what what malts they're using in this, but uh, but it reminded me. If I got to find the closest parallel, it's the Sierra Nevada Pale. Okay. Um, yeah, Sierra, and, and that's so, a great one. And, and so it's a great one, but it's a, this is was a really thick version of that. Mm-hmm. Kind of a kind of a little bit of a dankiness on the back end, but it mm-hmm. but it didn't have any of the like my mouth isn't coated. You know, like yeah. usually with the dank IPAs, like we mm-hmm. get out of uh, uh, level fifteen and, and right. like that, um, it's just oily and. Th- thick yeah. and, and 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 coats everything yeah. that's all you can taste for the next three hours yeah this one had that flavor profile and it was gone in 30 seconds okay so it wasn't like, like anything that just coated your mouth or anything like that right yeah i that, that kind of reminds me of something like maybe uh, boneyard would put out or something like that like their hot venom or something yeah, like the, yeah. The double ipas or something yeah that sounds good 
this was really good. So anyway, go for it. All right. Floor is yours. Mine is going to be, I'm going to mix it up from an IPA. I'm going to go with Boulevard, the six glass quadruple. So it's a quad. Um, Boulevard is in Colorado. Uh, Colorado. No, 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 I take that back. Sorry. Uh, Kansas City. (laughs) Kansas Kansas City, Missouri. All right. Uh, But it's a quad. One of my favorite styles. Yeah. Love a good Belgian. Oh God, I oh, love a good Belgian. Smells good. <laughs> it smells really good. Very malty, sweet. Uh, not much hop flavor to it all. Oh my goodness. Okay, that's a John Poor. <laughs> oh, I have the John Poor of all yeah. John Pours all in right. my video tomorrow. Oof. I drank about twelve ounces of foam before oh. I hit beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, thankfully this one this one's not too bad. Uh, well, let's, let's, I tried pouring it slow at first, but yeah, we'll keep this thing going. It's got a very good amber flavor or amber, uh, color. Nice. As you can see. Kind of like a creamsicle or cream soda head on. Yeah. It, it looks like a cream yeah. soda basically. Yeah. Very thick. Smells like a great Belgian. Um, oh yeah. That's, mm. <laughs> oh no okay I'm, yeah that's good <laughs> I, i'm a little jealous right now because i'm opening another one from bite my bits oh um, okay no uh. so so speaking <laughs> of the kansas area this one's from the kansas side of the border this is el dorado kansas this is but he, walnut he, but he bought that at a come and go <laughs> he claims <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> i'd be surprised if a come and go had more than 30 varieties of beer well yeah so to be fair i think i he talks a big game. He talks a big. Sm- he talks a lot of smack. Um, at the same time, he also wrote me a letter. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and apologized <laughs> for. Well, I'm sorry if you lost any subscribers, and, and I I hope we're cool. <laughs> well, he was um, giving, he was giving you crap at the beginning of, his and then he bought me like three hundred dollars in beer. So hey, you know, eh. you take you take the good with the bad. Water under the bridge. Exactly. <laughs> what exactly. am I going to say? Uh, so this is from Walnut River Brewing uh, in El Dorado, Kansas. This is the High Beam IPA. It's got an old uh, Ford pickup on there with, uh, you know, the the old uh, Ford F-Series, you know, F-100 kind of style pickup. Uh, this is, a, it's an IPA. I'm 7.7. No, nice. This Surprisingly, one, I, I, I didn't say the ABV. This, this one's, oh, good Lord. Uh, this is a Should 10 you point... have opened that tonight? This is a 10.2. <laughs> oh, no wonder why I'm enjoying it so much. Uh... All right, so this is a 7.7. <laughs> 7. Um, okay. Now, I've had two other beers from El Dorado, and I mm-hmm. did not like either one of them. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so... Well, that no, wasn't this... a John Poor, and then all of a sudden it was. It was. Yeah, no, this one is... Okay, so the phone went down really quickly on this. Yeah. And... I have to say it is a really good quad. If you yeah. can find this thing, it's a it's a little boozy. I ain't gonna lie. It's eleven point or ten point eleven percent. It's just ten. Yes, basically, uh, it's a little boozy, but it still has that very good sweet malty Belgiany flavor. Nice that you expect from a quad. Yep. Uh, not offensive so, at all. So getting those esters and a lot yes, of that. Yes, exactly. And, yes. Oh yeah. A good sweet aftertaste. It's phenomenal. I really like this one. 
Oh yeah, I'm probably gonna sipping on this for the rest of the night. To be honest, I have. Oh, I hope I have, you do. I, I have a third one, but I don't think I'm gonna be. Say, uh, say uh, don't, don't don't chug that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. <laughs> like my nine five was enough. Yeah, I, I'm. I know. I'm feeling okay yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, they're saying like Boulevard. Um, they do distribute quite readily all over the Pacific Northwest because they're from Kansas City, but you can find them in most places around here. I think I found this one at um, John's Marketplace. Okay. Uh, but John's Marketplace sells pretty much everything, so not surprising. Oh. Yep, it's about what I've been getting from El Dorado. Um, a little bit of dirt. <laughs> like that good Eastern uh, Oregon dirt. Oh, yeah. And you know the kind hey, of dirt I'm talking you know, about. You know what? Uh, the kind of dirt with some volcano in it. The very first the very first IPA I ever homebrewed had that dirt flavor to it. Yep. And uh, so that, that kind of actually makes All me feel... All of their beers have yeah. been like this. <laughs> that makes me feel a little better. I don't uh, think they're different beers. I think they're just slapping different labels on them. It's just it's like we made a shit ton of this stuff, and uh, we're just gonna relabel this every single time. Mm -hmm. See if we can sell it. I get it. Uh, yeah, I should have started with this one. Yeah, no, this <laughs> one's a good one, man. Oh, now I'm let so down, and I'm gonna want something else. That's uh, the problem. Hey, well, you know what? It's your show. You can do what you want. I ain't gonna <laughs> stop you. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I can. <laughs> Anyway, uh, let's move on to a little right. bit of gaming talk. Uh, we had one more beer story lined up, but I, we might double back to it if we have time. Yeah, to be if we have. Okay, let's, let's, let's go. Let's go on. Let's go on. Let's go some gaming news. Um, so we, Rhett and I talked last week about uh, revolutions in gameplay and, yeah. and, and landmark games. Um, mm -hmm. So we, I, I forget which game brought it up, but but Half Life is like the the tech demo to end all tech demos when they it definitely is and, yeah uh, i agree uh quake and and uh and doom for inventing the first person shooter mm -hmm. as we kind of know it today um uh, castle wolfenstein of. would probably be the first wolfenstein 3D. was the first doom Popular took one. it to doom another took level. level yes I agree. right Yes, so so Wolfenstein, but but there were so many different Wolfensteins that Wolfenstein came out around 3D. the same time. Wolfenstein 3D, yeah. Right, Wolfenstein 3D. Um, but you had Blake Stone, Alien, you know, Alien Carnage, and and, right. and all the all those other games yeah, were mixed yeah. right in that at the same time. Yeah. Wolfenstein was the most popular of that bunch, mm -hmm. um, and and certainly probably the better game of all that bunch, right. both graphically and gameplay wise. But it was still 100% a 2D plane. Yes. Very limited in as far as like imagination and as far as mm -hmm. the levels. And all the levels were mazes to that point, which we've done mazes before. Yeah, Look at the Elder Scrolls, yeah. you know, uh, Elder Scrolls 2, Daggerfall yeah. was a maze, not a shooter, well, but a, I think a maze Daggerfall RPG. Actually, I think Daggerfall actually came out after Doom did. Most positive. Did it? I'm pretty sure Daggerfall came after Doom 2. Because I know there were also some RPGs that were in the early 90s that were in a 3D well, maze style. Yes, you, you, had, you had the old dungeon crawlers like Eye of Beholder, the D&D &D Eye of Beholder, right, right. like that. Yeah. But, but they weren't true 3D in the sense they had like they had a, a 
kind of it was, maze it was mapping, but it was segmented. Yeah, they had right. segmented screens that you would go right. from one screen to the next. Yeah, it would fade to the next quadrant. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And and so, uh, so yes, uh, but but I've also I've always placed Wolfenstein in kind of that transition phase it, where it, we it went kind was. of from two D to three D, and yeah. they still didn't know what to do with three D. Yes. Uh, whereas Doom took the 3d model and said we're gonna use all three dimensions we're we're um, gonna we're gonna no. I, I don't i don't want to disagree but i'm gonna disagree <laughs> go ahead go ahead uh sorry i'm first, not on split the, screen i the, I, yeah, I was the, i was the big man in the room for the second there oh, go okay. ahead <laughs> so the first 3d the first actual real 3d one was quake yes it was quake uh because like if you if you remember with, re- Doom, with 3d with 3d characters you're right right exactly well 3d characters and a full 3d like looking up looking down because yes. if you remember with even doom doom did have levels yeah right you can you you went into a room and there was an enemy on an upper level but if you turned and looked and you shot your your shot automatically went to them you didn't have right. to aim it, at them. It, it had auto vertical aim auto vertical aim so there was right. there was a, so you were still shooting on a on a level playing field yes and it wasn't true 3d it was it, it wasn't was like, true 3d it was 3d it was 3d environment with three with with 2d sprites yes. and i fully acknowledge that but yeah. what i'm saying is it's the first one that integrated oh i can take an elevator up oh there's yes. stairs they, they they did take that technology to the next level right doom it, did. and so and so i always say doom was the first to kind it, of invent what should a 3d shooter be it was it it was telling you what could okay. be yes right i, I agree so, with that so i think yeah. we agree there yeah um, i agree there but we also looked at the co- oh we were talking about halo that's right and and how halo kind of invented what we think of as modern multiplayer first person shooter i kind of disagree with that too <laughs> uh, on the console <laughs> Console. Oh, on the console, I would agree. Console. On the console, on the right. console, yes. On the PC, there were games six years before. Oh that yeah, blew before that. Yes. No, it it definitely Halo brought first person shooters to the console, no doubt. Right. Um. But the game that kind of started the first person shooter on the console was GoldenEye. It was the first. I agree. I agree. One hundred percent three D first person shooter multiplayer four player split yeah. split screen that had all of the elements that we look for in a modern first person shooter title. Correct. Um it, it had different game modes. It had mm-hmm. it had captured the flag. It had man with the golden gun. Mm-hmm. It had slappers mm-hmm. only. It had you know it had, and, a, and lot it had of, yeah. a lot of different environments that you could play in. None of them really open world unless you want to kind of count the train yard, but no one ever played in that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um but Goldeneye always will have its place in history as kind of one of the first. 100%, yes. Um, well, it's also no stranger to remakes. Yes. I think <laughs> we're on attempt- like what the... Yes. Or attempted fan remakes. Yes. How's that? Yes, attempted fan remakes, yes. Um, I will say I played uh, the first two levels of GoldenEye uh, remade in the style of Half-Life Alex in VR, mm-hmm. and my mind is blown. Oh, did you like it? loved it okay like you can't even imagine um because it is so familiar and yet so foreign uh all at the same time right all of the elements that you recognize are there but um but the interface is probably completely different but the interface the the interface the gameplay the the everything different yeah you're shooting covenant soldiers with the with the reload style of of half-life alex and I've never been that immersed in a GoldenEye game before. Hey, and that, and yeah. that was crazy. Yeah. Um, but that is all to say that GoldenEye is no stranger to 
the fan make and the fan remake community. Yeah. Um, And one of the more popular ones that was up and coming was GoldenEye 25. Yes. So there was a, a, a very industrious modder who was trying to recreate GoldenEye in a modern uh, 3D engine and was literally modeling everything from the ground up. Yeah, he wasn't taking any old resources or anything. He was like, just, this is what I think this would look like and try right. to make a, a modern rendition of it. If we made this game today... This is what GoldenEye would look like today. Right. That's, is, that's, is kind what, of his, his that's what his goal was, yeah. Right. Um, so GoldenEye 25, uh, unfortunately, finally received that sys and desist from Rareware. <laughs> Which, you know... Uh, <laughs> you hate to see it. You hate to see it. <laughs> but you knew but, it was I mean, coming. Is, Rare isn't... Is, is Rare owned by Nintendo anymore? Is it Microsoft? Rare is owned by Microsoft. Yes, yeah, I, I thought. Yeah, because it used to be Nintendo, now it's Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Not surprising though, because they own that IP. Uh, I think MGM owns uh, a lot of the characters from GoldenEye to begin yes. with. Not surprising. Um, anything, anything that gets a huge following that has a copywritten character associated with it is bound to get the cease and desist. Almost, yes. almost bound yeah. to. Except and... for, uh, I mean, you know, projects like uh, Black Mesa. Yeah. Well, which, the, which, the difference with Black Mesa is Black Mesa had the full uh, blessing of Valve. That's what I'm saying. Because is, they built it using their toolkit. They, well, they did, but I mean, and they, and they were completely outside of Valve what they were doing. And I right. don't think outside of like maybe because they're selling it on Steam, Valve got no money from this. Right. Outside of the Sunga. But they, they endorsed it. And I wish... And I wish more studios would get behind that and be like, "Hey, you're 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 propagating this IP that we already have. Go ahead and do it. Right. Just give me a small cut. Just give me a small cut, and then as, they'd be okay with it. As long as you're doing it right, as long yeah. as you're doing it justice, right? We're behind you. But I mean, um, if, if it's if it's got a ground, okay, if it's already being a groundswell, like it's it's something that's being financed through like you know GoFundMe or something like that." Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's the fans that are propagating this. Right. Obviously, it's the fans that are going to buy this. So why not let them have it? Why not? Right. Um, well, there's two schools of thought to this, and I'm going to piss off half the gamers in the room by saying mm-hmm. this. We don't own the IP. That is true. It is true. not our IP. GoldenEye is not mine. Mario is not mine. Pokemon right. is not mine. Halo right. is not mine. I don't right. own it. I I have deep nostalgia for it. I, I feel ownership of it. Right. But I don't own it. It's not well, mine. I, I and I mean, and here's the problem, not to cut you off, but here's the problem when you venture into the fan remake area mm-hmm. of something mm-hmm. is as a remake, you are using intellectual property of another company. That other company has their own image that they want to maintain. And they are more than entitled to try to maintain that image. And I'm I'm I, I'm I'm going to speculate here uh-huh. for a second. Okay. Uh, allow me the one if. Sure. This this argument only has one if. Okay. If a developer of one of these remakes puts something into the game that the developers do not find kosher, mm-hmm. that's a problem for the developer. How do you judge that? You can't judge them all. Well, I mean, so even, you get blanket C and D's. 
Okay, but for the most part, the developer or even the original developers usually don't have much say in that. It's usually the the owners of the IP. I'm, I'm talking the owners of the IP. Yeah, so, that's the owner of the IP. Yeah, yeah. But but that's the thing is like for the most part they don't have they, they probably have not even reviewed it. They're just like this is. Our I guarantee product. they haven't. But yeah. they're not going to review it. They're not going to endorse it on the off chance that something in there. Um, what happens? Look at look at take two. Look look at GTA. Look at no, hot coffee. I, I, I mean, look at, I under, look at I, hot coffee. <laughs> no, which I under, was I coded into the game I, and then later I, removed, and then people found out a way to activate can, it. And I take two had to do damage control. I for completely, that. I completely understand your concerns about that. Like you don't. What want, happens if that? What happens you, if that incident happens? Yeah, you don't want somebody like Nintendo. And you've given the blessing to that yeah. that organization. No, nobody wants to make Mario after dark, and Nintendo is going to put right. a kibosh on that, right? Like no one wants. Nintendo doesn't want that, and I understand that. Well, I think uh, Bowsette begs to disagree <laughs> with you, but but I mean, I, you know what I mean? They, there's there's they obviously had a passion for this project. Mm-hmm. That, that's why that's why I mentioned like Black Mesa, is because they obviously had a passion for it, and Valve recognized it, and they gave it their blessing, right? Yeah, Valve could have put the kibosh on it early on, but they didn't. They recognized their passion for it. They recognized that they're trying to make a honest replication of what they did with the new engines. Yep. Uh, this looked like the same thing. A lot of people were behind it. A lot of people liked it. There was a big positive take about it. There there wasn't a you know a man with a penis gun or anything like that. They were trying to do it. There wasn't there wasn't anything that was going to crap on the original IP. Pew 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 pew. Yeah, I know. There was there was nothing that they were going to do about that. So why they wanted to squash it is is beyond me. It's just like a bunch of lawyers trying to do. It it's lawyers, lawyer executives, etc. Yeah. Who have said I mean, we have zero tolerance for anyone right, using our exactly. IP. However, however, in this particular case. They looked at the entire base of what was presented and said, here's where we take issue with our IP. However, the rest of your system, you can move forward with. Well, that's that's fine. And that's the thing. They could have looked at that. And and that's what this article said. They had got a cease and desist order. And they're Mm -hmm. saying, well, you're using characters that belong to MGM with the James Bond and all the other things. But the rest of the stuff is fine. You can use it. Well, if they were smart, they'd be like, go ahead and use it, but if it becomes successful, give us X amount, right? Give us right. a little bit of royalties from this, and they probably would have been okay with it. They would probably say, yes, okay, because if it wasn't successful, no skin off their back because they didn't have to put any effort into it. Just would give you the license to use these characters. Right. If it was successful, they get a bunch of money for doing nothing. I mean right. it would have literally been a win-win for them. But they had to be assholes about the whole thing. To be quite honest, yeah. they really did. I mean, because it's a fan-made thing. It's a fan-made thing. It's a ground roots type of effort for people who want to make a remake of Goldeneye because they love it. And they're probably still going to finish it, but they're just not going to have the same characters. Right. From what it looks um, like. So, uh, in a Twitter post... Uh, they said, so many notifications is breaking Twitter, so sorry if I missed some questions and comments. Some things we can still use. So they had the game 80% complete. Yeah. Um, and uh, the good news about this CND is it's not a cease production and destroy all materials. Right. Um, this was a, 
you cannot use licensed characters from MGM films. Exactly. And, and that, which that I, was... which I, I still, I'm going to side with the studios on this one. It is absolutely their prerogative. I get James that. Bond is one of the, the biggest franchises in movie history. You can't I, use him. <laughs> I, I, I honestly get that. I honestly right. get that. But this could have been a win-win for them. The thing was 80% done. All they had to do was say like, yeah, go ahead. Give us like 10% or whatever. But if you don't have, let's just say you don't have the budget right now to hire three developers to overlook the entirety of the code. They don't and need then to. Sign up. They don't need to. They honestly do not need to. If, okay, yes and because, no. No, yes they and don't. No, because, they don't. It, because if your lawyers speak, you need to also cover your own liabilities. And if you give something an endorsement and later on it turns around and bites the company in the ass, you're liable I mean, for come that. come on. Honestly, the ass. honestly, if this if this remake fails and people don't like it, is it going to affect the box office sales of the next the, James Bond movie? The sales of GoldenEye 007. No, no it's not. Absolutely not. Absolutely but not. No companies one's still care. have a right to defend their IP. They do. I'm not just I'm not discounting that. I'm just saying I think it was a dumb move. Okay, and that and that's fair. I just think it was that's a dumb fair. move. I think I think um, it could it could have been a win-win for them, but they had the thumbs up their asses. Whatever. Yep. yep. Anyway, so they said you cannot use licensed MGM characters. You can't yeah. use Natasha. And, and, you yeah. can't use. Yeah, they're well know. with they're well within their rights to say that. I just think right. it was a bad move on their part. Right. Um, some things we still can use: the entire watch menu. So mm-hmm. the whole look at your watch and bring up the menu system and the, the health chart and shields and everything, that's all still still good. Um, weapons and ammo system. So any models of weapons that they've created and any any ammo system, any any replicas, whatever, lookalikes, they're all still good. Mm-hmm. Portions of levels. So levels that they've recreated, they're still allowed to use. Uh, game code. Anything they've written is their own IP. Uh, they didn't take any game code, and so all the game code they wrote, they 100% earned. Uh, large library of 3D models and textures that they create, and also sound effects that they created. So, again, because this studio went up, or because this guy studio, Spies Don't Die, on Twitter, um, I don't know if this is a studio mm-hmm. or just an individual or two, because they went around this kind of the right way, mm-hmm. and they recreated everything from scratch, Right, they're good. And that's the thing is like they recreated everything from scratch. And the reason they're good is because GoldenEye created what we know as the first person shooter on the console. And mm-hmm. so the concepts anymore are public domain. It's not proprietary IP. It's not, a you know, we've, we've, there's been a couple different menu systems with watches because right. GoldenEye kind of, kind of made it famous. Um, yeah. Uh, there's quite a few interfaces with the cell phone as a menu mm-hmm. system in game right. because GTA made it famous. Yeah. Um, and, and those are now public IPs. You cannot copyright um, a play style a game mechanic or a right. menu system. Right, you can't. It's, yeah. That's not copyrightable. Yeah, that's, that's the only right, thing yeah. you can copyright is is actual things that are eligible for trademark. Well, so that's, that would be and that, characters, and that's, places, and that's true. And that's and that's unfortunately they probably put a lot of effort into this game. And playstyle wise, because they are basically replicating Goldeneye. Mm-hmm. Uh, playstyle wise, things have migrated. Right. Yeah. People people don't really play those games anymore. You not know, that style anymore. Not that style anymore. Right. So if they replicate that style, but they put different characters in there and they release it as a different game, sadly, 
probably not going to be that successful. Outside the D, of it, the D said Steve's drunk and should shut up. I, I know. It's, uh, we can talk about that later, D. I know I'm right, but it's okay, buddy. <laughs> Just letting you know I saw you, D. Yeah, I know. I, I, te- I already told him. I told him I should probably shut up, but whatever. <laughs> uh, not there, but I'm getting close. Yeah. Well, did this this uh, it's at almost 11%. It's getting me there. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is still a very subpar IPA, I'm going to say. This is quite an excellent Belgian. And it's not just because Jason touched the can before I received it. <laughs> I think it might have had something to do with it. That certainly doesn't do it any There's favors. There's probably a little bit of taint that when he had to touch it. <laughs> something went on. Something went on. There's some that contact. how the box? <laughs> yeah. He he might have tainted the lid a little bit when you had to pour stuff out. Might have been something yeah. on the rim. No, I, I I alcohol wiped that when it arrived. Oh, okay, that's smart. Yeah, that's very I, smart. Thank you. Ah, uh, all right. What do we got next? Okay, next. Um, so this I had never heard of this game before, but it caught my eye because you don't own it on Steam. I don't. It's one of the few games I actually do not own on Steam. Well, because it just came out. It came out about two weeks ago. And wow. they, they are already at... Uh, uh, two million. It? Two million players. Yeah. And it's a Devolver game called uh, Fall Guys. Which, and, by the way, I love Devolver Digital. I know. I love them, too. Like, all their press releases that they had at uh, E3 and stuff like that. Very creative, very great, very funny. If, if you want a snarky Twitter follow, follow Devolver Digital. Devolver, on they're very good. So I had there's I, no I, filter. It's great. <laughs> it is good. So I have never, never, ever heard of this game, and I went and looked at it, and it looks actually a lot of fun. It looks like a massively multiplayer Japanese game show is what this looks like. <laughs> uh, so uh, what the thing is, is you you get onto a server and there's 60 players. They just dump you into this thing. And there's like this, uh, I, I know a lot of our, our Discord users, we used to play a lot of um, Human Fall Flat. Yes. With this kind of like gummy um, physics type of a thing. Yes. You, yeah. play like, and so that's what the physics is with this game. But you're going through this crazy obstacle course with like 60 other players. And you're trying to get to the end. Okay. And so it's just this. Oh, is this the get through the doors? It's more than just that. There, okay. There's like, I, I, I'm not 100% sure because I just watched the video, a couple of videos. And then I right. went on to like Twitch and saw that it was trending really high. And then on the Facebook game thing that they just released now, it's also trending really high. So people are really liking this game. Yeah. Looked at it. It looks a lot of fun. I mean, I ain't gonna lie. It looks like uh, you just kind of hit forward and see if you make it type of a thing. Um, but it's gummy physics. You have to go through obstacles. You have to jump through hoops. It kind of a mix of like um, uh, 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 human fall flat and elimination type of uh, uh, right. PUBG type stuff because you die, you're, you're out type of thing. Right, right. That looked kind of fun, hmm. but but they got 2 million followers already. Um, so it's a uh, fast upcoming game that, uh, I don't know, maybe you should try it out. 
Uh, Emma says, my nieces and nephews have been playing that. They absolutely love it. Sometimes the servers are so overloaded that the game crashes. It's crazy. Right. That's the thing. This is one of the things that you cannot have anybody that doesn't play it. So unless it's not popular, it won't work. But obviously this is popular. So it looks like it looks like a lot of fun. And it's only like 20 bucks. It's not expensive to play. Right. I'm thinking about hmm. picking it up and just trying it just to see how it works. It sounds interesting. It sounds I interesting. I will say that. Um, and the fact that it grew that fast that quickly yeah. from a developer Devolver, which is not a big developer, but not a huge developer. Not I mean, a huge developer. They're known, but they're not a big company. But they they've made one of one of our favorite games that they they, they made. Uh, um, my friend Pedro. My friend Pedro, which was yep. a great game. We both great played it. Game. Both loved Love it. That game. So they're quirky. They're they they like to take risks, and um, and it looks like it's paid off for them right here because good gosh, that many users that quickly. Yeah. I mean, it may not hold the test of time. But right now, it's very hot. And it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. I kind of want to try it because I want to see what my three-year-old thinks of it. <laughs> I will say my girls both love Untitled Goose Game. We, we, we still play that right. sometimes. I, I would, I would, I would <laughs> highly recommend you take, you take a look at this game because it uh, it's very colorful. Kids yeah. would love it. Yeah, the characters are super cute, kind of pudgy, walking around. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, they would probably as, like. It. As soon as I saw some of the screenshots, I went, "Oh, this is probably like Human Fall Flat." Yeah, it, the physics look very much like Human Fall Flat. Yeah, um, which I loved it, that game. No, I do too. Such I mean, a fun I, game. It is a fun game, but this is like sixty players at a time doing yeah. everything at once, bouncing off of each other, and flailing everywhere. Yep. Um, it looks probably like a lot one of, of fun. Probably one of the best multiplayer time uh, game or experiences that I've had was a bunch of friends right after the Wii came out mm -hmm. were playing New Super Mario Brothers Wii. Yeah. And we played for an entire night and all we did was try to throw each other off cliffs. Yeah. Uh, and we somehow made it to the seventh world. Literally just killing each other along the yeah. way until you're the last man standing, and it's yeah. like, no, 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 don't die! Come on, make it to the end! And all of a sudden, yeah. you're rooting for like the last man standing. I, I'm, I'm seeing this on Discord. Greatest like, gaming. Every, everybody's saying like, oh yes, we should play this. My son just installed this. Should, <laughs> yeah, it looks like a, yeah. it looks like a lot of fun actually. Yep. It sounds like fun. It sounds like so. fun. Might happen. It might happen. It might join happen. The join the Discord, by the way. Yeah. The way you do that is getting onto the Patreon link down in the video right, description. There's, there's somebody posted something. Hello, oh no, yeah, the holodeck's not about that. But yeah, no, it looks like it looks like something fun. And we we yep. used to play uh, quite a bit of Human Fall Flat on the Discord. Yes. But yeah, uh, get over to the Discord. Link is down in the video description. You have to join the Patreon to get there, but hey, the Patreon is how I keep my lights on around here. Minimum donation of $1 per month. You'll get exclusive access to the Discord server. You can chat with myself, Steve, John, Rhett. I yeah. forgot their names for a second. Uh, yeah. And uh, chat with us pretty much any time of day. One of us is pretty much always online, and it's a community of over 200 active members right now. Uh, 300 in total. And... Uh, Honestly, a freaking awesome place to be, and I'm not yeah. just saying that because I started it. No, I'm saying that because it's freaking awesome. It is great. It is really great. We have a great mix of people, um, and everybody's and most like, of them are pretty cool. No, they, 
All, yeah, most of them, <laughs> except for the D, who like uh, called me out. So no, yeah, I'm not gonna screw talk you, D. Yeah, screw you. Banned. He's banned now. <laughs> Mods arrest that man. He's gone. He's gone. Once I once I finish this quad, he's gone. <laughs> you got that much time. I think you got a while, man. I got a while. I may never. Steve ain't doing nothing after that quad. Yeah, I know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else do we have? Oh, so um, this is a very interesting thing. So, a little esports news, yeah. Yeah, um, one of my favorite foods in the world is uh, hot wings. Ain't gonna lie, I love a uh, good hot sauce with uh, good hot wings. I the default buffalo wild wings stuff, I don't like, but. Yeah. Anything, yeah. anything else, like any kind of other wild wing, any kind of like buffaloes or any kind you of You go hot... anywhere else and they say we have hot wings and you go, oh, hook me up. Yeah, exactly. But you go to Buffalo and... Wild Wings and you're like, I'll have a, a Widmer Hef, please. Right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> but uh, because they are a big sports bar, they are now the uh, official sports bar for league of legends league of legends so you happening can... on buffalo wild wings big screens because yes. they can't play any other sports right now right exactly <laughs> and i think this is quite advantageous for them right yes uh we have no we, we have some basketball going on and we have some a little bit of baseball uh but not much else until they can't do baseball yeah, until, yeah the baseball is not looking great at this wow. you would you would think that basketball would be the first one to go down but no uh but the the one thing that could go on into eternity. No, but let's do a benches clearing brawl in the Astros yeah. <laughs> game and see how that works out for us. When we've already had positive tests in our know. our attempt yeah. to come back. Wow, and that was great. But what what better to pair with uh, some Wild Wings is some League of Legends. Yeah, and they're going to start broadcasting League of Legends on. Uh, the summer playoffs, I guess. Buffalo Wild Wings has the summer playoffs starting Friday, August 14th. Yep, this Friday. Yeah. League of Legends playoffs live at Buffalo Wild Wings. I, I haven't personally been a fan of watching League of Legends. I know how to play it. I've seen a couple of rounds. Not for me. I know there's a lot of people who love it. But... um. You know, I'm not going to you... say anything disparaging about League of Legends on this channel because I've seen the community. <laughs> no, I played I played a little bit of it, and it it's um, it's a bit of a steep learning curve to get into yeah. it. And I can I I understand the appeal. I honestly do understand the appeal, um, but uh, I'm not into it, and I don't like watching it. But the fact that it's reached the point where Buffalo Wild Wings is sponsoring it and a crowd of people will go there and eat wings and drink beer and watch it. I kind of find yep. that pretty cool, actually. Uh, I, I, think pretty I do cool. as well. Um, as an old school StarCraft player yeah. um, and, and someone who before any of the game streaming was a thing, yeah. liked watching StarCraft tournaments. Right. Oh, um, no. If they, if they, if Buffalo Wild Wings did StarCraft tournaments, oh, I would go watch that. There. I, I would I'd go, go watch, watch that. that. I would go yeah. watch that. Um, but, but because of that, I also understand how people would like to watch League of Legends. I understand that. Right. I personally am not into it, but I understand it. So, 
uh, more power to them. And I think it's a pretty cool thing. I think um, if it becomes more widespread and, and becomes more acceptable type of thing, maybe we will see a StarCraft tournament. We could. At a Buffalo Wild Wings. We got marble racing on ESPN. Why not StarCraft 2? Like, mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah. I mean, StarCraft 2, honestly, more exciting than marble racing. I don't know, because I got onto the marble racing subreddit a couple years ago, and <laughs> and I really thoroughly enjoyed that. Yeah. And then I thought it had died out entirely, and then all of a sudden I'm watching ESPN one day, and, and there's marble racing on my TV, and I'm like, I know that guy! <laughs> <laughs> What the hell? He was on the Reddit. I saw at one time. Yeah, he's a dude. Yeah. But they would make custom sand tracks for marbles and let them go at the top, and it'd be a five-minute video that you'd watch, and you'd be yeah. rooting for your marble the whole way. Yeah. Okay. Decent uh, <laughs> El Po Diablo wing sauce. Yes, I agree. Yep. Uh, I love making my own wing sauce. I'm big into hot sauces. I have several like. Uh, ghost pepper high-end sauces that are very flavorful i love them there's a el Steve jefe's tastes the flavor oh god i, I don't so uh, much. i love that i love this the hot sauce if anybody out there has their favorite hot sauce that they do is absolutely delicious wants to send it to me i will appreciate that my wife might not but i wouldn't send it to my p.o box if it's a hot sauce i'll make sure steve gets it <laughs> yes that's right i love a good hot sauce um, I, I don't dislike spicy foods at all. In fact, I really like mm-hmm. spicy foods. I, I love a good drum or South chicken. I, lo- yes, I love, I, do too. Uh, some, I love, a, I love a good pad thai. Yeah. Um, it's, I don't like heat for the sake of heat. No, I like I, heat I, with a lot of flavor to it. And I, when, and when the flavor is done, I don't want to be left with nothing but heat. I tend to agree <laughs> with, I tend to agree with you. Yeah. But here's what happens. Um, it starts out that way. It starts out yep. with like, I like flavor and heat together. And then flavor and heat together ends up being drinks and then drinks and then drinks. And then pretty soon it's like, how hot can you take it? And then the next morning you're like, uh, thankful that you have a bidet. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause that cool water, man, the next morning ain't nothing like it. <laughs> hot sauce or spotted cow sent it to steve you're darn right that's right damn straight i don't I need love, another I spotted love, cow I love in my a good life hot sauce. i love a good hot sauce and hey if you if, if anybody wants to trade hot sauces i'm not opposed to trading hot sauces there's some local hot sauces that are really great really good that i would i would be aardvark sauce i think you can buy it on amazon but it is a local local hot sauce fair. But in my opinion, probably the best hot sauce ever invented. Ooh, I'm just going to say that. I'm just going to say that right now. The best hot sauce ever made. It's. I was talking with my brother today. It is the perfect balance of heat, sweet, and tastiness. Yeah. See, and I really Very like good. sweet in a hot sauce too. Yeah. I, I'm a sucker for sweet. Yeah. It's It's got carrots for sweetness. Tomatoes for savoriness okay. and habaneros for spice. Ooh. All three of those together is, is perfect. It's very mm. good. It's a little chunky, a little on the chunky side, but it's very good. I'm not a hot sauce fan. You have me intrigued. You've never had aardvark sauce before, Jeff? I've never had aardvark sauce. What? 
No, dude, that's that's a Northwest staple, man. You gotta have it. I, I... okay. It's not I mean, something I gravitate I'm, towards. So. I'm, I'm I'm buying you a bottle of hot sauce. That's but I uh, ain't no if ands. You've buts got my about attention. It. There's no if ands buts about it. You're getting some. You hot had sauce. my curiosity. <laughs> now you have my attention. I actually have. Okay, I actually have a vodka. I have a mm-hmm. vodka that mm-hmm. was made with Aardvark hot sauce. Mm. A spicy vodka that's made with Aardvark hot sauce. Okay. It's from Burnside uh, Distillery. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I've, I've I've got quite a few stuff. Uh, yeah. Things from Burnside. Yep. Yeah. All right. Cool. Oh, there's, um, a, there's, a, there's even a few people on the uh, chat that says that Arvark sauce is great. Yep. First and ever listing as well. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, I'm going to have to get some of that. Yeah, it's good. All right. You want to do the last one or do you want to just uh, call it? Uh, This last one's kind of interesting. I do like so, this one. I yeah. find this one's pretty cool, and I, I didn't know that there was a genre. There's actually a genre behind this. Right? Yeah, I didn't know that. That's pretty intriguing. So um, there was somebody who was so fascinated with the idea of lock-picking minigames. Lock-picking mechanics inside lock, of games. Lock-picking yeah. mechanics in games that he made a virtual lock-picking museum. And you can you can download this thing right now. It's free. You can go in itch.io, which is an unfortunate name for a website. <laughs> right. I, I I I love I love the idea that they put out. I hate the name, but right. <laughs> but that you can go through and download this game, and uh, it goes through and it shows right there on the um, exhibit per se for this uh, video game. This is the locking mechanism for deus ex for oblivion for and different games and you can go through and look at the lock unlocking mechanism for this particular game for this mm-hmm. um unlocking mini game which is interesting and i guess there's uh, a few other museums that they have virtual museums there's a virtual museum for fishing mini games there's a virtual museum for water all that mm-hmm. i thought that was kind of fascinating uh something that somebody would love the different aspects of unlocking a lock or fishing or something that someone would dedicate a whole sub genre sub of um you know looking at these mechanics and just trying to figure yeah like i love right. lockpicking. Yeah, some people right. love lockpicking. I, I, like- I will say there are there are some mini games out of some some series of games that i i do enjoy quite a bit um i i like the the crane machine from uh uh wasn't wind waker it was uh the game boy link game oh game yeah. Boy zelda game yeah yeah um gosh Coland Island like it's all up here yeah I got I, it I, I liked I liked the lock picking mechanism on Skyrim which was Link's Awakening like, yeah there oh Link's Awakening there you go yeah I mean it wasn't too it wasn't too nuanced but it was just like oh where's it shaking a little bit and you can click it I liked it it was kind of fun um yeah I didn't I didn't like the the Oblivion one so much but the uh Deus Ex one I liked that one quite a bit 
it's kind of an interesting dichotomy, and I think there could be some metrics that a lot of developers can get from that because you put that out there, and there's a lot of metadata that people will be like, I like this, especially if you can rate it, right? I like this mechanic yeah. versus this mechanic. Um, and in future games, you can be like, okay, maybe we need to combo these two, or, or maybe we can like think outside the box. Mm -hmm. um, I find that fascinating for developers who want to find like a new way of implementing lock picking or fishing or whatever by looking in the past and seeing what other people have done and what has been successful and what people like yeah i, 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 I will that... i will say there's there are some great mini games inside of some games there's the mm -hmm. fishing and the crane machine mm -hmm. from link's awakening there's um slots inside of final fantasy right there i mean you you think of the games that you went, I turned on the game and I ended up spending yeah. an hour playing a mini game inside of like a, a role playing game. Right. Totally. That's, yeah. that's, that's a totally winning mechanic. There's also a lot that could do without right. those certain mini games. Um, yeah. And the ones that I'm thinking of are the ones that you have scripted animations with button presses, where if you don't press a button in time, all of a sudden you're sent back and you need to do the button oh, presses yeah, again. That's, those are the worst. I'm thinking of, um, uh force unleashed yeah. i'm thinking of uh press f to pay respects i'm thinking of <laughs> well that's all dead. of the tomb raider yeah. games yeah. for the last 10 years yeah um, oh, that, i'm thinking that, of just cause with the high with the helicopter hijacking mechanic uh, i think i think qve needs to just go away I, it needs I don't to like go that. away yeah, yeah it's a like stupid, stupid stupid mechanic, mechanic. Yeah. i don't like if that. your mechanic can be explained by the pre-scripted animation you already have done and yeah. there's only one of two outcomes which is either you're successful or you or you failed yeah the mechanic needs to go away and it needs to be replaced by with a pre-scripted animation right. so i don't I feel mean, frustrated as a gamer i mean if you if you were to replace that with like a script where say if i choose x versus x and the storyline changes i get that mm -hmm. but the fact that if i don't press this button fast enough and then it's game over that's stupid that's that's not a that's not a game mechanic that's just garbage I mean, right. uh, yeah. So um, press X to Sean. Yeah, exactly. Sean! Yeah, yeah. I know Sean! that's that's not great. Sean! So I kind of appreciate Sean! these these little, and and I find it kind of interesting because yeah. I mean, Sean. artists will go to museums to be inspired by paintings, right? Right. They'll go to like they'll go to like different museums and be inspired by paintings, and they'll create something that they're inspired by right i kind of find this fascinating because they're making a museum for a mechanic for gaming that developers could potentially go in and, and look at and say okay this is what they've done in the past and be inspired by something new mm -hmm. i find that kind of fascinating actually because it's like uh well maybe there's something that they saw from this that inspired them to do something better yeah. or to be something more interesting um and i kind of like that I think that's uh, and it's free. You can go there right. and download it and play it if you want to. It's mm -hmm. it's pretty interesting. Yeah, there there were some mini games and games. Um, you know, let's take lock picking. I mean, let's let's stay in the style of this one. Let's let's look at Oblivion versus Skyrim. Yeah, I really liked the lock picking in Skyrim. I didn't so much like it in Oblivion. Yeah, it was a little more tedious, but in right. Skyrim it was more nuanced. But it was still mm -hmm. it was still fun in in a sense. Right. Yeah, and I liked it. It was still fun. You had the dual stick action, so you're like, okay, I've got my pin, I've got my hook, I've got, you mm -hmm. know. 
and and whatnot and it it felt a little bit like you were kind of manipulating a, a lock right. you couldn't see inside the lock whereas oblivion no. it's like push the pin up and then press your mouse yeah to put tension on the cylinder and that's but, that's that's not real life but right. it was still a mini game so it's like maybe there's a difference there maybe there's right. something that you can you can derive from that right um, so yeah uh i like the idea of of museum games uh, of i do too you know taking these different mechanics putting them into a single game and saying here's our museum of lock picking here's our museum of fishing here's our museum yeah. of i do too i think that's, that's <laughs> i think that's really clever i think it's really clever of and, dodging and, uh, rocks as they're falling in tomb raider well I, that yeah that's the thing press <laughs> q to dodge left i i would i would hate to see a qve f7 yeah i hate to see that that would be the most boring museum ever yeah, uh, <laughs> but I'm also a huge fan of tech demos. I I, I love uh, tech demos for the sake of tech demos. Like no, I know. Yeah, um, you know, sandbox environments. Uh, so itch.io did a a COVID relief uh, bundle a little mm -hmm. while ago. You got something like five or six hundred games for like twenty bucks. Of just like just went, stuff that people released, like random whatever. Games. Yeah, random whatever. Yeah. yeah. Here, this has been on what here for this? two years. Have it. Have it. Just right. try it. Um, and so I've I've been digging through that. Well, there's one that's just called Tower. Uh -huh. And I went, okay, that sounds fun. And so installed or downloaded Tower. It's a, just an EXE that you run. And it's literally like Jenga, where it's just a bunch of blocks. Mm -hmm. And then you throw throw balls at it and you knock it over. Yeah. That's all it is. It's just a tech demo where it's it's using like brick stack physics. Right to knock something over and then right. you can also create explosions and yada, yada. um the graphics are very simple it's yeah. very simple one source lighting mm -hmm. no shadows rudimentary um, yeah. rudimentary but the things that you can create in this are are freaking massive well um, yeah that, and I mean, you can adjust all the parameters inside of it right. how long are your bricks how wide are your bricks how tall are your bricks how, and it's an, how many and it's bricks an, do and you it's have? an interesting game mechanic that mm -hmm. another developer can look at and say well, maybe I want to implement that as a as a mini game right. or, or something else in my game. I think I spent two and a half hours one night right. just knocking over Jenga towers. <laughs> That's all I did. Yeah. Hey, you know, it works. What happens if it's tall and skinny? What happens if it's fat and wide? Can I put a hole in the center of a wall and still have the entire structure stand? Yeah. How, you know, can I figure out how to like, yeah, it's so much fun. It's fun. Yeah, it's it's that's great. I mean, and if, and if you can incorporate that into some kind of overarching game like say the witcher right. or something they had some mini game that incorporated that you'd be all over that right i mean it's, it's just a bonus on top of everything else right so i'm like i'm all over those I'm, i really like that idea yep all right uh it's 10 30 oh. that's been two hours Mm -hmm. strangely enough only two hours actually we're slightly under two hours we're at 158 right now but i, I think i'm gonna call that a show because we got an after show to get to yeah we do for those who don't know we have an after show in the discord every single wednesday night usually goes to around midnight we'll see if i make it tonight uh, <laughs> but, we'll uh, see if i do too <laughs> yeah um but anyway if you want to join the discord it's an awesome happening community and it only costs you a dollar a month Link down in the video description to the Patreon. And that is how I keep my lights on and keep content coming to you every single week. Uh, current goal is two videos per week. And I've been pretty good about that. I think I've only missed it once since I went full time. So there we go. Support Jeff. And that's because of that freaking multi-gamer project. <laughs> 
Oh, I know it was bad. It's been so much fun, but it's also been like more stress than my normal day job. I, I get it. I honestly get it. I get it. But it's over now. You can put it behind you. It's not over. Now it's the AMD side of things. Oh, no. You're going. Yeah. You're going you're now going it's a reboot. Decent. Okay. It's a reinstall and start from square hey. one. I don't know MXGPU. I've got it, a handle on grid. I know how grid works now. You're you're going to be that guy now. I'm going to. Yeah. You're going to be that guy now. Yep. Well, you can do it the way Linus did it with like consumer cards, or you can do that really weird way that no one understands and Nvidia charges a crap ton for that that Kraft yeah. did. Yeah. I'm that guy now. You're that guy now. Yep. Well, I've only produced six videos in the series, so <laughs> it's still fun. I still watched all of them. It's good. Yep. I liked yep. it. It's been a lot of fun. Anyway. Uh, right. Follow me on Twitter at Craft Computing. Make sure to like this video. Subscribe to Craft Computing if you haven't done so already. If you like the beer content we do on this show, make sure to subscribe to Hops and Brews, of which Steve and I are sometimes a part of. Sometimes, when we yeah, get a chance we're there. To be. Yeah. Um, and uh, Steve, anything else? Uh, I mean, if you want to be my friend on Steam, I'm there. You, you, yeah. You, you can you can like it if you want. El Polo no, Diablo. Okay. Look him up There's on Steam. Look, I'm, I'm there. He's there. I'm there. His, his name is right above him, like right there. Yeah, right there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys so much for watching. And as always, we will see you next Wednesday at 8 p.m. Pacific time for the latest in beer and tech news. Later. See you guys.